was recording an episode, nobody's gonna hear it, it will never reach the light of day, but I was recording an episode yesterday, and 20 minutes in, I just had an existential crisis in the middle of recording, and I was just speaking about fucking God knows what, something probably ridiculous and unimportant, and in the middle of my thought, I just trailed off, stopped speaking, and just stared at my computer, and had a full-on existential crisis. It was truly the weirdest thing, so I had to stop recording, scrap it, and then try again today. It's just so odd. Usually I live my life in a constant state of mindless disassociation. I think I do that for a couple of reasons, Um, but mainly just to protect myself because if I truly, truly, truly cared about everything, which I already care a lot about most things because I'm I'm an empath, but also just because I just, I just care. I have bad anxiety, but I try to live in a state of disassociation so I don't have to like fully be aware of everything that's happening. I can kind of pick and choose because to be honest, we only, the things that affect us in life are the things that we give power to. If we don't give them any power or value, they don't really hold a lot of weight in our headspace. Anyway, got into my existential crisis super weird, had to stop recording, and it's funny because immediately the first thing that I do, and this time my existential crisis was about, what am I doing with my life? Like, I have to go out there, I gotta see the world, like, I'm just too comfortable is what I'm realizing. I have been in Orlando for over a year now, post-graduation, and I'm too comfortable. I'm building a routine, and that's scary. I go thrifting every weekend, I get overpriced coffee, I go to the same gym four or five times a week, and like I just do the same things around the same place with the same people, and it's freaking me out, because I never wanted to feel comfortable, I never wanted to feel like this was it, this was home, because it's not, it was just a stopping point for me to save up my money to just get my life together and then move on spread my wings and fucking fly but I feel like I'm getting too comfortable which is weird because usually I hate change like it's the worst thing in the world every single big change that's happened in my life it was such a hard time for me it was such a period of growth and I know that some people do well with change but I am just the adverse like I fucking suck at it like it's the worst thing for me to adapt. Going to college was so painful, lots of growing pains, definitely worth it. And that's the thing, like change is always so well worth it. Um, You know, every breakup, it's like such a big change, but you know, change promotes growth and growth just promotes leveling up to your best self. So anyway, I did what I always do when I get in my existential crisis and I freak out about how I'm not living life. I go on Google flights and I just start looking up flights to California. That's just exactly what I do. Whenever life gets tough, I'm like, oh, let me just go look at California flights. And one of these days I honestly need to do it. And I've been trying, like my dream is to go do a solo trip to California alone, uh, specifically within California, going to Joshua Tree. I think it would be the best experience for me. I love myself if I haven't made it very clear throughout I don't know, this entire podcast, pretty redundant, but I do enjoy my own company. I do love being alone. There was a period of time where 
I think it was like after my first relationship, I was so scared to be alone because I became so codependent being in the relationship. But ever since that, I was like, yeah, fuck that. And then in all my other relationships after that, I've just been very independent. I love me. I think I would have the best fucking time traveling by myself, but I wouldn't know because I haven't fucking done it. So one of these days, I'm just going to have to do it. But what sucks about traveling alone is that the cost ends up being so much higher. But the benefit of that is that you don't have to deal with anyone else's fuck shit. You can do literally whatever you want. You want to wake up at 4 a.m.? Bet you can. And you don't have to wait on anybody else's ass to get ready because you can just fucking go. You want to go to a sound bath and do some kumbaya bullshit out west? You can fucking do that too. Nobody's going to be mad at you. You do you boo. Fullest to the max. 100%. It's fully on you. You can manipulate and control the entire situation because it's just you, bitch. It's just you. And traveling with some people, like everybody has a separate travel personality and you got to travel with someone with similar vibe and similar personality as you or else you're going to have a horrible trip. If somebody wants to go travel and do all of the super touristy things, not my vibe, not my vibe. You want to go to a Madame Tussauds? Literally kill yourself. Go fuck all the way off. I'm not doing that with you. Who the fuck goes to those wax museums? What do you gain from that? We all know it's not Rihanna that you're posing with. She looks botched. Don't do her dirty like that. Like, I hate that. I will be down to do some touristy stuff, but mostly like, no, thank you. I would rather not. So just being compatible with your travel partners is huge and monumental in having a successful trip. It's the fucking summer. Go out there and have fun. Go out west because none of my fucking friends will come through for me. But can we also discuss that the summer is equally as fun as it is depressing? Like, I know so many people that are falling out of relationships. Like, here is the cycle of life, the cycle of relationship life. In the summer, everybody breaks up. And that's why they call it a hot girl summer because the hot girl summer movement is to empower women to go out and be their best selves because they don't need a man, probably because they just got dumped by a man. And let me tell you something. As the brokey, never the broker, always the brokey, gotten dumped every single summer I was in a relationship. So if I ever date anybody again and the summer comes around, fucking flip it. I'm I'm just dumping them. It doesn't matter how good the relationship is going. I don't care. Just out of spite and out of trauma, I will dump them. Because here's my new life motto. It is to gaslight and reframe. Here's an example. One of my best girlfriends actually just got dumped last week fucking dick anyway so she got dumped and he texted her this whole long thing and was like you know i actually don't think we're compatible first of all who the fuck is breaking up over text you fucking pussy both of my exes broke up with me over the summer over text while i was on vacation both times both fucking times like the trauma is so real like life just keeps repeating itself and I don't know why maybe I haven't learned the lesson correctly because it keeps getting reintroduced in different forms and I kind of hate that anyway he texts her this whole long thing hey you know I don't think we're meant to be like I don't see you as a long-term partner etc etc bullshit literally cop-out material 
and she was obviously super upset about it. And I told her, hey, gaslight and reframe the situation. This is what you do. You text him back and you say, actually, I've taken some time to think about all of this and process. And I think it would be in my best interest if we were not together anymore so that I can focus on myself, my career, my family, whatever the fucking reason is. Gaslight reframe. Prime example. She gaslit or I was advising her to gaslight and be like, no, 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 I'm breaking up with you. And then reframe and be like, well, because I need to focus on my career. Like, actually, like I thought about it. Actually, I'm good. I have determined that this relationship doesn't serve me. And here's the thing about that is that it is not toxic and it is not rude and it's not petty because when you reaffirm somebody else's seemingly negative notion, it takes away all of the power. So if somebody says, hey, I'm breaking up with you, and you say, actually, yeah, no power, negated, PEMDAS, like in that instance, nobody has the power anymore. And because let me tell you again, as the brokey, the worst part about being the brokey is that everybody makes the fucking decision for you. That's the worst part about being broken up with because nobody ever asks you what you want. Everybody keeps telling you what you deserve and this, that, and the other. And all of these decisions are just being made for you. And it's like, has anybody ever asked what the fuck I want? Has anybody ever asked what I need or what I think? And the worst part about it is that everything feels out of your control. So you feel so helpless and hopeless because you didn't get to make any of the decisions. And that's where the anxiety out of relationships and specifically breakups stem from is when you feel powerless, that you have no control over everything that's happening in your life. You start to spiral and that's just how anxiety works and presents itself in breakups. And that is why you gaslight and reframe that bitch. Make life work for you grab it by the balls, grab it by the vag, the taint, the cooch. I don't fucking know. Grab it by something and ring that bitch out. Make it fucking work for you. That little bitch will be your simp. And by that little bitch, I mean life. You don't like the way that a situation is going? Gaslight reframe. You feel things are maybe out of your control? Gaslight reframe. Is it a little bit delusional? Is it a little bit crazy? Is it a little bit disassociative? Of course, but if I've promoted anything on this podcast, it is truly to protect yourself. I fucking, I love each, (laughs) I love when like podcasters do that. They're like, I love all my supporters. I love all my fans or when influencers say that, it's like, you don't even know them. They could be fucking pedophiles and be like, I love each and every one of you guys. I don't. I don't know who the fuck listens to this podcast. Shit. I don't love you. The hell? Anyway, I do like to come on here um, unqualified as fuck, obviously, and promote self-love so that you guys can all love yourself. I think that's way more important than me loving you because my love is probably worth nothing anyway. So I think gaslighting and reframing is a way to protect yourself. Obviously, to your own caution if you gaslight and reframe everything you're gonna look like a psycho but if you do it to a healthy degree it can honestly help alleviate a lot of your anxiety make it work for you bitch in whatever way you feel possible now let's move on to the real trauma the one that i couldn't gaslight and reframe because it was too it was just too real honestly 
and it was when I got assaulted at the women's clinic this weekend. I think that I, okay, I know I'm aware that I maybe dramatize events. I maybe give it a little extra floof. I know that I do that, but I'm 100% not dramatizing the events. This 100% occurred and this is how I feel. I went in to my OBGYN gynecologist this Saturday. I went in for just a normal consultation. I have backstory. I have an implant called Nexplanon. It's an arm implant, just the size of a matchstick. They just inserted it and it's basically just a birth control in my arm. Last three years, I bled for three months straight when I got it inserted. Worst fucking period of my life. Oh, period and period. Like period is in time area, but period is also in blood. Anyway, I'm smart and funny. Um, had that, had my period for three months. And then after that, I didn't even bleed one fucking drop for the next two years and uh, about a math, nine months. So my life has been pretty fucking great. Anyway, hit the three-year mark, passed it by like four or five months, but I need to go back and get it reinserted. And the reinsertion process is fucking stupid. They make you go through, get a consult, even though I literally saw the same doctor and nothing has changed, but whatever. It's just a routine process. They're like, hey, just come in for a consultation. It'll be really quick. And then we'll schedule a second appointment where we can remove your next plan on and then reinsert it. I was like, fine, let's fucking go, bitch. I don't want to bleed ever again. And I don't want kids. So let's fucking do it. I get there on Saturday morning. I come in and it is honestly just as I remembered it, but I don't know why I wasn't judging this place as hard as I was when I initially went there. That place is fucking weird. It is dead ass in the middle of nowhere next to a bunch of car dealerships. You know how all car dealerships just fucking squat up? Like it's always on this back alley, back road situation. And they got not just, it's like a conglomerate. The whole road is filled with every single car type headquarter it'll be like bmw headquarter mazda headquarter what the fuck is a mazda even i don't even know a single person that drives one it's like fake cars uh honda headquarter toyota headquarter it was just a bunch of headquarters and then my obgyn so fucking great rev me up the hell go in walked in and it honestly 100 percent looked like an italian restaurant It was the weirdest thing. It was not even, I know that they were trying to make it a better situation. You know, we're the not scary doctor's office. We're a cool chill. Like it was so pick me in the worst way. I would rather it be bright white lights, white thing everywhere. It just smells super sterile and smells like rubbing alcohol. I would rather that than this nasty ass off brand Olive Garden vibe. It was awful there was painting of vines and exposed brick the waiting chairs were literally thrifted wooden armchairs with red floral upholstery if you know what you know what i'm talking about i just i just know it's like that weird italian but like victorian antique style furniture but like not in a tasteful way in just a really old racist way strangest thing they were playing just sweet tang country music it was the worst vibe ever it was just inconsistent weird I filled out my paperwork and then they called me back 
and the it was just an easy routine. I just got my height checked, weight checked. They asked me a series of questions and they're like, all right, you know, everything looks good to go. We're going to order the part and we're going to call you. Um, <laughs> we're going to, we order the part and we're going to have it installed in your arm, uh, like a dealership. And so they're like, all right, we're going to give you a call. And I was like, great. That was fucking 10 minutes of my time, but it took me 40 minutes to get here. Fuck everybody. And then she's like, oh, actually, I'm going to leave the room. I'm going to step out. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. If you could just pull your pants down, pull your underwear down and just sit on the chair. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, we're going to we're going to do your pap smear, actually. I good thing I was wearing a mask because my jaw fully dropped. And I started just whispering to myself and mouthing out words to myself. I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Like, what the fuck? It was so weird. I was just shocked. And I was like, I didn't know I was getting a pap smear, like that nobody told me that. I also didn't sign any release forms, consent forms. Like no one had told me to prepare for this. And I told her, hey, like, I don't, I don't know if I can do this today. And she said, okay, well then we would have to make another appointment. And I was like, fuck, I don't want to drive here back three times my initial consultation, then the pap smear, we have to get my results, and then they order the part, and then I get my next one. I was like, God damn it. She's like, we have to do it today, and I would just advise you to get it today since you're already here. She's like, it's no big deal. Okay, you just, you know, drop your pants, and then I'm just gonna get up in your vulva, and I'm just gonna check your cervix, and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, woman? I am not ready. I have not mentally prepared myself. To go out to downtown Orlando to go bar hopping, I need three to five days ahead of time. You cannot spring that on me. I need to mentally prepare. I'm at that stage in life where I don't really like surprises anymore unless I don't have to work for them, unless it's coming to me. And just the less I have to do, the better. But I had to do a lot in that moment for pulling down my pants and fully exposing myself and being vulnerable. I was not ready for it, Uh, but I had to be. So she's like, I'll just give you two minutes then. Thank you so much. Bertha for giving me two minutes she leaves the room I'm just fucking fuming but also just like screaming profanities at myself I'm like what the fuck am I supposed to do like I can't just fucking pull my pants down right now like this is so weird like I've never done anything like this before and she comes into the room and I still have my underwear on I'm like I'm sorry like I'm just I'm just still preparing myself mentally and she's like okay well I'll come back in another two minutes big Bertha leaves and I'm still freaking the fuck out I was just so unaware. It's shocking when somebody comes in for what they know or what they think is a 15-minute consultation to get an explanation, and then they tell you to drop your pants. No, 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 no. That's fucking wrong. So anyway, I got the pap smear. It was just horrible. It was the worst experience of my life. I was laid back on this fucking gurney situation with stirrups and my legs were just flying in the air and she was just all up in my vagina narrating what she was doing quite frankly I didn't give a fuck here's the thing let me just be honest and vulnerable and if you're a man I hope you already skipped this by now but if you're still listening I don't even fucking care I have not had sex I have been celibate for a while now because I'm in love with myself, but also because I'm scared of men, but also because I just don't feel like it and I have zero sex drive. My body, my choice, fuckers. I haven't had sex in a very, very long time. 
And the first thing, you're telling me the first thing that I'm getting penetrated by is not a penis, but a fucking pap smear? A a pap smear? Are you fucking serious? And it was so hard. And honestly, she was putting it in and she goes to the fucking assistant. Oh, we might need a smaller one. It's not really fitting. I almost wanted to bitch slap her. I wanted to remove my foot from the stirrup and smack her in the fucking face with my goddamn feet and toes. I have taken seven inch dick. Put that bitch up there. Fucking put that. I was like, no, put it up there. You're not switching it out for a smaller one. I don't give a fuck. Slam that shit up there if you have to. God damn it. And that and she did it. And and it honestly really hurt. But it's just like. I was already anxious. I was already nervous. It's not that it couldn't fit up there. No, 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 because it could. It's because where's the foreplay? Where's the lube? You cannot expect me to sit there as I'm clenching my vagina because I'm so goddamn nervous to be sticking something up there. No, I don't want anything to go up there. It was forceful and it hurt. Fucking talk to me nice. I don't know. Put some LED strip light on. Get the fuckboy lighting going on in here. Like, can you do something? Play with my clit? Like, I don't know. Arouse me. Play some, like, Lana Del Rey. Set the scene. Put some candles. Maybe some, like, I'm a huge, like, aromatic person. Like, I love, like, smells. Like, maybe some incense. Maybe some... I don't... I just... I'm brainstorming right now at the top of my head. Like, what I would like. Maybe some eucalyptus I don't know give me some flowers talk to me nice like I was just not turned on we should not make pap smears so miserable for women why don't we make it a fun experience why don't we let the women do their own pap smear and instead the nurse can come in give you the swab to put in your cervix give you the pap smear material and then also give you a vibrator and it's like, go ahead, have fun. Make it, a, make it a fun thing. Nobody wants to go, now I have to get my pap smear again in three years and I'm fucking terrified again. We should make this a fun experience for women. When men go to the sperm donation centers, we all know what they're doing. We all know what they're doing. They're having fun. They're enjoying it. And they're getting paid for it too, those little fuckers. Nothing in life is easy for women especially right now in this day and age in this time with these fucking politics women have it so hard here is how to feel better in this shitty time okay love your vag love your pussy lips love your vulva love your cervix okay because i did not love that in that moment when that woman was shoving her fingers up there i didn't like that I felt assaulted. I did not want that. I did not consent for that. Love your vagina, guys. Take yourself on a date. Celebrate you. Fall in love with you. Stop talking to all men, but also have conversations with them. Kind of gauge where they're at with, you know, all this like Roe v. and Wade and just how they feel about... Planned Parenthood and funding are they what are they doing to help women because a lot of men have been really quiet and it's fucking disgusting know that you are not alone as a woman I'm here for you I'm here for all women even if I hate you even if you're Bethany I'll be there for you because you're a woman even though you fucking suck one of these days I'm gonna get into it but it's not today Bethany doesn't deserve that much clout on this pod that she's already received thus far. 
donate if you can, you know, whatever your vibe is. Personally, I'm not much of a rallier or protester. I think large groups just kind of scare me, especially in this time, since there's a lot of shootings and violence. Uh, I just try to avoid big masses. It kind of freaks me out. So, you know, I have donated. If you can donate, please donate. It's just a really sad time, I think, to be a woman. Um, You know, plan a girl's trip. Oh my God, you know? And it's like do fun things celebrate your femininity even though a lot of your rights are being taken away like celebrate with your girlfriends and celebrate woman power because female friendships are the most powerful thing in the whole world i don't care what men say you and your bros what are you even talking about games fucking like what 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 am i talking about weed beer like fucking nasty Something that men will never get to experience that I think about all the time is the joy of getting ready with your friends. That has to be a top 10 feeling. When you play music with your friends and you're all doing your makeup together in a room and like you're all sharing brushes and you're like, oh my God, like what do you think about my eye look? You're all putting crystals on each other. Like that makes me feel alive. Like that experience is so unique to the girls and gays that the men could just never ever relate or understand how much peace and fun and inner joy that brings and truthfully it's not for them to know because men love to make everything about themselves and they love to infiltrate like the men that join feminist organizations what is it about like i get that you are trying to support women but like why i don't know maybe i always just think with a little bit of a lot of cynicism but you can't just let women have one thing you feel like you have to infiltrate so that you can put it on your resume that i was a member of the feminist organization fuck off you can't let women have one thing you have to you have to be a part of it you just had to join the club you couldn't just silently cheer from the side you fucker anyway I will be traveling yet again to Miami for another girl's trip with a different group of girlfriends. And the goal of this trip is simply because my friend, the one that recently got let go, <laughs> sounds like she lost her job. She got dumped, truthfully. We're trying to make her have a hot girl summer or what's left of summer at this point. Summer went by so fast, but we're going down there to shake some ass to throw some ass and to beat some ass if we see him around those parts i will beat his ass 100 percent. and while i'm in miami my biggest fear is nothing else but the sun the sun and i have been battling this whole entire summer i'm honestly like i said before i'm having an indoor girl summer I'm having a hot girl summer just indoor. Catch me inside. Catch me at the bars at night because I will not participate during the day. When the sun is out, I'm inside. Literally, I'm living like a vampire because I am so afraid of having too much sun exposure. I don't want wrinkles. I don't want all the products I'm currently using in my skincare routine are extremely light sensitive. And my skin concern is primarily dark marks and hyperpigmentation which only get worse with the sun so gotta stay inside and then if i do go outside fucking lathering i'm like a fiend with the amount of spf that i use so 
here are my tips that nobody fucking asked for but I think that everyone every summer or just every honestly every four to six months should do a skincare audit if you have skincare that you're already using and if you don't have skincare that you're using you should still do a skin audit and see and just assess what your skin type is what your skin concerns are and how you can make your skin better and trust me you will thank me later if you actually give a fuck about your skin because skin is the first to go truly you can tell the signs of aging from your hands and your neck the first and around your eyes they call that the crow's feet you don't want that when y'all are out here looking crusty and dusty because you just baked out in the sun because you thought it was a fun thing to do i'm gonna be looking like a glowing goddess fuck you so i've actually been using versed skincare and I've just been using their routine. I'm going to follow that for about three months or until the products end. I'm just estimating it to be about three months. And I'm just really excited about this. A lot of the products that I'm using are vitamin C based, which, like I said earlier, that is what makes it hyper sensitive to the sun. But in the short time that I've been using it already, I would say consistently for two weeks, I am seeing an improvement. So I will be sticking with it. So I just wanted to share some tips about just skincare in general because I feel like a lot of people don't actually know the science behind it and I feel like that's what makes it so much more I think to me personally a lot more interesting and it gives you a more methodical approach to how you view your skincare and knowing what will work for you and what won't work for you rather than just buying stuff and just trying it out because a lot of it is trial and error because you will truly never know how your skin might react but A big part of it is knowing your skin components and knowing the acidity levels. So as we all know, and if you don't, you're dumb fuck, the pH scale runs from zero to 14. The closer you are to zero is more acidic. And then the more higher it is, the closer to 14, it's just more basic. So seven is neutral. And I will say that your environment and where you live plays a massive role in your skin's pH and just overall skin health, which might explain like why you go on vacation, let's say to Hawaii or New York, your skin might break out because you're not used to the humidity levels and the temperature and just overall like the air pollution. And it has a huge impact on your skin. So That is the reason why you should exfoliate your skin and also just stay true to a regimen. You can't be mixing up your products a lot. You have to stay within the same regimen for at least two months. I would say four to six weeks at a minimum, but I would say two months just to give it a really good chance to see are these products working or are they not. Consistently is truly, truly key when you talk about longevity and just long-term skin goals so back to exfoliating i don't know why i touched on that too briefly but you should exfoliate only one to two times a week and by exfoliation i am not talking about that stupid fucking saint ives mask or that scrub holy fuck we had that scrub at my house it was the peach one it was the worst thing you could do for your skin I remember using it thinking, oh my God, my skin is getting so clean, so exfoliated because those beads were so harsh and I was just scrubbing that shit on my face. Horrible. Like I am actually gagging thinking about how horrible that was for my skin. Hot tip, pro tip, life tip, do not fucking use exfoliating 
what is it exfoliating face washes that have those micro beads they are abrasive unless it's a very very gentle one you do not need to rub your skin quote squeaky clean that is so bad for your skin it should never feel like that your skin should never feel squeaky clean because chances are that means you just dried the fuck out of your skin if your skin is dry it will become extremely prone to breaking out because you've stripped all the natural oils off of your face so your skin will be working over time to reproduce those oils and when it reproduces those oils in such rapid amounts that's when you start to break out or the reverse could happen and your skin starts getting extremely flaky extremely dry and you look crusty as fuck so you have to be really careful about choosing what kind of exfoliants you want to use I 100% recommend that you stay away from any of the exfoliating facial cleansers and instead go the route of exfoliating masks. Uh, The two that I really love off the top of my head, the first and in order, I would say the Ordinary AHA BHA Peel. It's the red mask. It's, I think, eight or nine dollars and has honestly worked wonders for my skin. The second product is something that's pretty new to me and I'm still using, so I will update, but it has great reviews. It's called the Versed Resurfacing Doctor's Visit Mask. It's filled with enzymes and kojic acid and papaya, and I think it's pumpkin enzyme, which is something that you should be looking for, and kojic acid. Those are amazing when put together. Oh, a third one that I fucking love, but they don't really sell it anywhere anymore, but if you can find it, get your hands on it because it's damn good. It is the Bliss Pumpkin Enzyme Facial Mask, something of that nature. But Pumpkin Enzyme, it is literally a fucking powerhouse. It works to increase cell turnover. So that's what helps with exfoliation. It helps gently alleviate hyperpigmentation, long-term dark spots or dark marks on your face, maybe left from acne or maybe even like darkened sunspots on your face. It is so good because it's gentle and it works super quickly. You just use it two times a week and it honestly just rejuvenated my skin and gave it like that glow. So maybe you're not super into skincare. You don't really care about exfoliation. At the very bare minimum, here's what you should do. Well, first, you there's just very simple things you can do. So you can wash your face two times a day and for 30 seconds each time. If you wash too little, then you run the risk of not fully getting all of the microbacteria off of your face. And if you wash for too long, then you run the risk of drying your face out and then like we talked about it can become super oily it can become super dry and we don't want that so a good 30 seconds with a gentle cleanser cetaphil um cerave you can use la roche posay like anything super 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 gentle it should say gentle can be used daily and when you go to dry your face for the love of god First of all, use a clean hand towel. People will literally not change their hand towels or just general body towels because like, oh, well, I'm only using it when I'm cleaning something. That's nasty. How about you never wash anything in your goddamn life, you weirdo? You need to be using a clean hand towel to dab your face dry, pat dry. Do not wipe it. Do not do that. That will rip your skin like micro tears and stretch your skin out. And that's just not it. Something that honestly, though, shocks me, my mom, I found out until two years ago, her whole life up until then, she was using antibacterial soft soap to wash her face twice a day. 
and that woman looks gorgeous but i know that if i tried that i would not look the fucking same not even close so i would not recommend okay okay but anyways change your fucking pillowcases some people never change their sheets or pillowcases meanwhile i'm out here changing my pillowcase every like five days and that's just because my hair gets really dirty fast so maybe that's another reason but a lot of your hair oils can transfer and rub all over your face so you gotta invest in some good pillows and good um, pillowcases i have like silk ones that i switch out every four to five days highly recommend that and silk is just easy on your skin there's less friction than when you have cotton or whatever the hell y'all are using or if you don't even use one at all i'm scared of you and drink your water it's basic, it's easy, but drinking lots of water can really work wonders for your skin because you know how people get like that glow and their face looks plump, but not in like a fat way. It just looks plump like it's it's hydrated. It locks in a lot of moisture and your skin has a lot of fullness almost. It's because people like that are either using great anti-aging serums or they're just on top of their shit or maybe they have natural genes but most likely it's because they're drinking a lot of water all of this will be worth nothing if you have the best skincare best everything if you're not taking care of your body and eating the right foods and drinking a lot of water it will show up on your face and something that you should all look into is skin mapping i find it super interesting and really helpful in your diet if you're breaking out in a certain area that you don't typically break out like let's say you breaking you're breaking out on your chin that could be because you're either consuming too much greasy food or you're going through hormonal changes and if you break out on your cheeks it's probably because you're eating too much sugar so skinning mapping can really help you determine why you're breaking out in certain areas and can help you make lifestyle and dietary changes to avoid any future breakouts and obviously like breakouts are just gonna happen like that's just how skin works like it comes in waves and that's just how life is but we can do things to avoid breaking out too i feel like i'm honestly boring everybody with all this information but i did want to discuss more about ph ranges and specific products and what ph range you should be using and what you shouldn't be but i'm not going to bore anyone with that so if you actually want to learn you should just look it up or you can always email me or dm me on instagram i honestly would build everybody a skincare routine for them i find that so fun so interesting but anyway i'll let y'all go I hope you guys learned something for once in life. This was like my only informative podcast episode. It's usually just shitting on life, but if you enjoyed it, let me know and I'll maybe consider doing more educational podcasts. And if you didn't enjoy it, that's fine. I'll be back on my bullshit and ranting and screaming visceral things at somebody next week. So anyway, I hope you guys have a great week and I will talk to you guys later. Bye.